hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Get real, let's get loud. On America Loud Talk Radio, this is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I have a brief monologue today since I have two great interviews, one from Miss uh, Sumita Roy from India, and the next from uh, Mr. Adetep Chawla from Thailand. Now, these are rare, exclusive interviews. These are not physicians, but people who are very intelligent, and they know what's going on with COVID and vaccination in these countries with large populations. And I wanted to update you on breaking news uh, reported by Dr. Sohini Chowdhury on May 2nd, 2022. Nobody can be forced to get vaccinated. Vaccine mandates are not proportionate. The Supreme Court of India has finally ruled on over a year long case. And the Supreme Court said that no individual can get vaccinated, uh, has can be forced to get vaccinated and has the right to bodily integrity under Article 21 of the Indian, the Indian Constitution. Uh, the court also held that the vaccine mandates imposed by various state governments and other authorities in the context of COVID-19 pandemic are not proportionate. Um, the court held, so as no substantial data has been produced on record to show that the risk of transmission of COVID-19 virus from unvaccinated persons are higher than vaccinated persons. And so I can tell you uh, that this was an advance. You may recall I interviewed Mr. Prashant Bushnan on the McCullough Report about the time he was filing his case in the Indian Supreme Court. Very modest uh, gentleman. I remember his wife was helping him with the notes uh, during the interview. Just a wonderful man. Uh, but we have uh, a worldwide crisis on our hands. Uh, first was COVID-19, the respiratory illness, and now is the ill-fated mass vaccination program. So we have a, a terrific uh, a show for you today. I did want to get in our music segment since people work so hard and I hear uh, from so many wonderful artists around the world. And this is an up-tempo uh, song that came in from Christian uh, Thibodeau. Let's have a listen. Have to 
That was by Christine Thibodeau and uh, just a terrific piece called Summer Day or Night. You got to watch the video. It really gets you ready for summertime. Uh, a lot of messaging in there about, uh, you know, releasing our fear and overcoming this. Um, and a lot of the, the views here look like they uh, really have come from, uh, looks like uh, uh, Chris is over in France. Wonderful views of France, and thanks so much for that submission. Well, we have a wonderful show for you, and we'll get on to the, uh, the next set of interviews here. Going to spend all our time over in a uh, uh, Asia and East Asia. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. I want to put in a big word for healthy cell supplements. The GI tract is not functioning normally in long COVID syndrome. I'm convinced of it. There are multiple studies. We need a much better absorbed set of nutraceutical and vitamin products for long COVID syndrome, and that's healthy cell. They have an entire line that's safe and effective, uh, can help people through the long COVID syndrome. I found the best way to use healthy cell products is use them every day, not on and off, on and off. Take them every day consistently. The Immune Super Boost, Focus and Memory, and the REM Sleep Supplement all have powerful effects in long COVID syndrome. Go to HealthyCell.com and in the promo code, type in out loud for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. It tastes great, comes in a convenient squeeze gel pack, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's my great pleasure to invite to the microphone from the other side of the world, Mr. Adetep Chawla. Now, he is in Thailand. Uh, he was uh, raised in Thailand, uh, studied in India, studied the sciences, and returned to Thailand and uh, finished his training in civil engineering at Thomaset uh, uh, University. He, since the onset of the pandemic, he's become a, really a professional blogger, and he is one of the most knowledgeable people on the state of affairs with respect to the mass vaccination program in Thailand. And since we get so little information in America from outside countries, in particular uh, East Asia, I brought him to the McCullough Report. Uh, Adetep, welcome to the McCullough Report. Thank you, Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm pleasure to be here. Why don't you update us now on what uh, vaccines are available in your country and how things have been rolled out? Sure. So uh, at the earlier stage, we had Sinovac and Sinopharm, which is a Chinese vaccine. 
And then what happened was people started protesting that they wanted a good vaccine, right? They were feeling that they were getting, they were not getting the good ones, but they started protesting that the government to ask for the mRNA vaccine. So right now, these days, we all are getting mRNA vaccines and uh, it's usually the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, the kids are getting Pfizer uh, in, in general. Okay. And yes. um, what type of overall initial rates of vaccination and kind of presently boosted percentages do you think you've achieved there? So for the first dose, approximately 80% of the population have taken it. The second dose is a bit less than that, which, but not very far, approximately 60 to 70%. This is the, the official numbers. But then the third one has reduced drastically because people have started seeing side effects, have started seeing people, other people dying, and many, many strange things that have been happening. So the third dose has reduced. And right now it's right about less than 20% of the third dose. You know, in the United States, I looked at the CDC data, and I think right now we're only about 25% fully vaccinated, meaning someone's had a third shot with it from November 1st forward. So unless someone's had a shot within six months, they're, they're basically, you know, not immunized. So it means relatively few people uh, are. Now, um, what types of things are people reporting in terms of vaccine injuries? Okay, so the thing that is happening here is a lot of people are actually falling sick. You see, the, there's one thing that we must understand here in Thailand. Most of the people still do not understand that this is not a vaccine and this is actually harming people. So the side effects that they're having it, when they go to doctors, the doctors tell them that these are not from the vaccines. Many of them still believe that it is their own existing uh, problems or medical uh, health problems. So a lot of them still do not realize that it is because of the injections they took. So when these things happen, then the report system, which doesn't virtually exist in Thailand, the, the, the information, the data that comes in is very, we, we don't really know what is actually happening. But then on the other side, there are many, many people who actually got it. And then they realize that it started happening to them after taking the injection. They are the ones who are realizing. We are seeing a lot of deaths in the kids. We are seeing a lot of deaths in teachers. And overall, the population of Thailand, the death rate has increased by almost 10%. And uh, is there any type of official government response to this? Yeah, so what happened here is that most of the, most of the response would say, they would say that this is not because of the vaccine, but ironically, the government has already given out 1.5 billion baht of compensation to the people who say that they got uh, injured or died because of vaccine. So they're giving out 1.5 billion baht, but then they're saying that approximately only less than 10 people are, have, uh, have, have died because of vaccine. So this is very contradictory. 
but then this is what you know makes people to wake up more that something is wrong here so they're giving out compensation but not officially recognizing the injuries are there any heroic doctors in thailand who are stepping up and are in the public limelight very less actually i must say that thailand is one of those countries that has very less doctors coming out and that is one big reason why thai people are waking up very slow um, but then yes one of the heroic doctor is uh, dr atapon so dr atapon has been out since uh, late last year and uh, he has been publishing a lot of reports blogs uh, he made a lot of videos and because of him a lot of thai lives have been saved solely because of him now is there active censorship in thailand about people uh, reporting what's going on in social media or in print media yes uh, and it is quite fierce like i'm one of the one of the person who have been censored by facebook and youtube like every time i interview doctors uh, for example dr atapon himself uh, by the way dr atapon is from a very prestigious uh, uh, hospital here called chulalongkorn hospital and other uh, doctors that i have been interviewing is like uh, dr sukarit pagdi so even his videos are been censored from both youtube and facebook also uh, from tiktok at times many of them has been deleted and uh, videos from myself that i try to give information these are not really it doesn't last long and even other people's uh, videos as well like the people who are trying to wake others up even their videos and information are censored now did the censorship and all this did it actually start with the sinovac sinopharm vaccine or did it only really kick in once you had uh, pfizer and moderna um i must say that it's quite hard to differentiate whether it was because of Uh, which vaccine but then the timeline is you see people started talking about this very late uh, i think i was one of the early people who started blogging about it and then at first at, at first uh, part of the you know spreading of the information it usually happened on my website alone so i was getting a lot of lot of traffic but then it was a blog and i never actually did any video content but then later on when people started uh, making video content at that point it started disappearing so at that point uh, it was a junction between you know the 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 roll out of the mrna vaccine did you so uh, I, did you yourself sorry. did you yourself get direct censorship or attempts to shut down your website Yes, my first website just disappeared all of my my blogs. This was in May of 2020. All like everything, even the hosting <laughs> disappeared. And my name is actually in the government's website as, you know, the fake news provider or something like that. And uh but but they never came for me because I never put any fake news. Anything I put, I usually have evidence because I'm like I like I told you earlier, I'm not a doctor and I be I'm very careful with what I write with what I say because it may affect other people's health. But Edita that that was May of 2020 that was before the vaccines. Yeah so at that time I was writing about the fake pandemic that they 
that they were using the PCR and all those things to, to hype up case and to lock down. I was writing about those things at that time. And what is the state of COVID-19 right now? Are you in a big outbreak or is it settled down? So right now people uh, use ATK a lot and anybody who, you know, that all people are scared and every time they sneeze or cough and I, many of them, they just go for ATK and they, you know that ATK will most probably give you a positive uh, result. So these ATK results, the PCR, they are giving a lot of positive cases, but then people are less, less scared now because they know that it's not very, uh, it's not that lethal. And besides with more information going out on the, with more Thai traditional medicine that they have over here, people use that to treat themselves and uh, it, it works fine. So the number of cases, honestly, I try to avoid it because it, it, it's just numbers. But then uh, the thing that concerns people is that the school and the universities makes it mandatory for the kids to do ATK test before entering the school or for the examination. Now, these are basically rapid antigen tests? Correct. Yeah. Now, um, the you know, traditional Thai medicinal techniques is your interpretation they just basically take the edge off the symptoms and help people get through the illness? Yeah, so like there are many Thai herbs doctors, uh, Thai herbal doctors who, who come out and they try to help, but they don't come out that public. But then uh, most of them, they contact me and then I try to spread their words or I try to connect the doctors to the patients. And then they, ha yeah, they have many, many things that I really don't understand about those kind of medicines. But then uh, COVID patients, even the vaccine injured people uh, get treatment and uh, they, they do fine. You know, many health freedom organizations are, um, are being formed in the United States. I just spoke at a major one yesterday and, and they involve sometimes uh, civic and government leaders too. Um, the, in, in Australia, for instance, the United Australian Party formed, Craig Kelly is running for prime minister. They have uh, you know, 185 contenders for parliament positions. Are there any health freedom organizations arising in Thailand? We are trying to make it, but the problem here is that uh, one is the number of doctors who are actually coming out and being uh, involved is quite less. Um, and the number of activists is also quite less, but then internally underground, a lot of sharing of content is going on. So it doesn't come out as an organization, but then internally people are gathering up, are forming groups and, you know, they're trying to help each other to, to wake the others up. So there is a Thai underground forming. It sounds like you're telling me. Yes. Many people are, are aware of it now. Well, you know, I... Um... I have to say that uh, I've had interviews uh, with uh, other countries, um, Malaysia close by to you, uh, India. We just got word today that the Indian uh, Supreme Court um, struck down mandatory vaccinations in India. That was led by uh, attorney Prashant Bushnan. He's been interviewed on the McCullough Report, a very modest 
uh, older man in India, basically now a national hero. Is there any signs that there's going to be some legal action or other action taken in Thailand in order to get things back to, you know, on the back on the rails? Um, yes. So actually, it was only two weeks back. Uh, Dr. Adhorn, his team, and I, I was actually there in his team as well. So Dr. Adhorn lead uh, the this online meeting with with the health officials here in Thailand. So they were the government uh, government commissions, and uh, I think there were three of them. So Dr. Adhorn was actually uh, presenting the information about vaccines, injuries, and the actual figures that were given out by the health official itself. So the Ministry of Public Health website, the Ministry of Public Health Thailand website actually gives out information about the death of Thai people on a monthly basis, right? Ever since the vaccine has been rolled out, there has been an increase of death and it has been it is there in the website itself, of the government's website itself. So this information were actually being unseen. It is there in the website as a raw information, but Dr. Atapun actually came out, created a graph, explained things, and we had a meeting with the health officials. Now, they have actually promised us to uh, uh, scrutinize into this information and then to come and see whether vaccination is actually helping or not. But the problem I see here is that from, from the conversation on that day, they say that it will take around three months. Now in that three months, I think it's too late because in three months time, I don't know how many more kids and individuals would, be, would get injected with this thing. But what I believe is, uh, you know, the good side of here is, of this thing is maybe when they started maybe when they want to start uh, mandatoring the vaccine for, for the Thai people, maybe by that time, you know, the information, the research and the study will be available uh, in time to stop it if it ever happens here. You know, so it looks like in Thailand, you, your vantage point or your lever point is actually odd cause mortality. We're hearing reports from life insurance companies in the United States and in Europe now uh, in younger people where there's not that many deaths normally that there is a 40% increase in deaths in 2021 compared to 2020, which is a very large uh, increase. Do you think the increases in all-cause mortality that you're seeing in Thailand are meaningful? Are they statistically significant or were, are they going to be just an oscillation that is going to be explained away? Uh, I think it's quite significant. So I actually have a graph in front of me right now. And uh, for the, since 2015, the average death is uh, per, per month in Thailand is around 40,000, right? It depends on month actually. Uh, it, during the month of April and May, we usually have higher death rate. And that's because of the Songkran festival, loss of accidents and all those stuff. But then on an average, you, you know, the graph oscillates around, you know, 40, 38, uh, 42,000 deaths per month. Ever since the vaccine has been rolled out in Thailand, the average has been, uh, you know, it os oscillates around 45,000. And since 
September of last year, September of 2021, the graph has been increasing. So it has been 46,000, 48,000, and 51,000 deaths in, you know, in general. Now, when we come to this year, the highest has been 53,000. And that is very high because if you compare the month of March of 2022, and we compare the month of March of 2021, the death rate has a difference of 7,000, which is 53,000 and 46,000. This is very high, right? This, I don't know how many, if you calculate roughly, it's a lot of percentage in, in increase in debt. But how, mu- how about comparing it back to pre-COVID years? So if you compare to pre-COVID, let's say uh, this month, uh, sorry, last month, March, uh, March of 2019, the deaths were around 43,000. March in 2018, the deaths uh, is around 42,000. Okay, I see. So, so very stable, very stable in the low 40,000s, and you're, you're seeing this jump. What's the population of Thailand? Approximately 60 to 70 million. 60 to 70 million. Okay. Well, we have data from the CDC Wonder System in the United States where we have deaths that came in. It's, um, it's actually on my Twitter feed. Um, ages 18 to, um, I'm sorry, 15, I believe, to 46. I want to make sure this is right, 15 to 46. And um, I should probably just look this up to make sure I get it um, just right. And um, uh, and um, the, the point I'm going to make is, is that the overall deaths in the United States, that age group, which is, you know, not the whole country, but the deaths in that age group per year have a, um, uh, have a, um, a very stable rate, just like what you're describing in Thailand. Let's see if I can bring it up, but it's a very stable rate. And um, I, I can't get the numbers right in front of me, but I'll just say that that those numbers have also jumped up appreciably. And there is accounting for the COVID deaths. And there is this large increase in non-COVID deaths, of which the only other explanation of the new exposure in your country and my country is the advent of the vaccines, which had enough penetration to potentially be implicated. So uh, in order to wrap this up, what do you think the next steps are? What do you predict is going to happen in Thailand? You know, we're in May of 2022. What's going to happen for the rest of the year? Uh, what's your predictions for the infection, the vaccines, and, and how all this will come out? Um, sure. So actually, uh, before I, I answer your question, if I could, because I actually have one more piece of information I wanted to share with you. And uh, that is, I have the death rate of teachers in Thailand. So teachers and other governments, uh, officials, all of them have been forced to take the vaccine. In the la- pre-COVID, uh, sorry, pre-vaccine, the death rate of teachers were around 600 per month. And that has increased to 814 per month ever since the vaccines have been rolled out. This is from the official data. And again, it shows that something is wrong with the vaccine. 
Yeah, so you have you have a, some specific groups too. So basically, that's pointing to what's called internal consistency, which is yeah. which is which is useful. And it sounds like there your um, you know there your inroad is really going to be on um, on all cause mortality since they are releasing statistics and you have to work with with what you have. Good. Um, is, are there any signs? Is is vaccination mandatory in no, but uh, they make your life quite difficult. So you can't go to certain places if it's in, uh, right now it has shut down. Earlier you couldn't go into hospitals. Uh, I went to a motor show. They did not allow me in because I did not take the, the, the injections. And uh, they, yeah, they try to make it difficult for you, but then in real life, if you really go in and if they stop you, if you talk to them, they, they let you in. They're not very, you know, the Thai culture is quite soft. And, you know, they, they you know, if, it, you know, if you talk to them properly, it's fine, right? They, they understand you. But then in the news, they will always tell you that if you do not take the injections, uh, you will not be able to go to the banks, to the school and all those places. Okay. So it happens that way. So it is not mandatory, but then we know that if we allow them uh, and we do not resist, a man- mandatory vaccine will, will come someday. That's true. That's true. I think so much the public opinion and what the public wants to see happen is going to prevail. And uh, and then, you know, the leaders have to respond to their constituents. So I think the the um you know the underground is going to have to ultimately become very formalized and visible but this has been a great interview and thank you so much for for joining us on the mccullough report thank you dr peter mccullough Uh, it's been a pleasure to be here let's get real let's get loud on america loud talk radio this is the mccullough report have you ever had a room that's musty that's had something happen, a lot of rain blow in a window, a sick person there in bed, enter the Genesis Fogger. This is your way of cleansing the air with HOCL, a very powerful antimicrobial against viruses, bacteria, and mold. Go to the Genesis Fogger website and enter in out loud for a discount off your purchase of the versatile, mobile, and highly effective Genesis Fogger. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best. Freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America Out Loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's my great pleasure to welcome to the microphone from across the other side of the world, Ms. Samita Roy. Ms. Roy uh, is in India. Uh, she is uh, an activist and she received her undergraduate university at Delhi University, went on and trained in sociology uh, from the Delhi School of Economics. And then she got additional certificate training in child's right law 
and other issues uh, in India. And uh, she has uh, reached out to me and wanted to talk uh, with me as well as our worldwide audience about the issues at hand in the world right now as they deal with COVID-19 and the mass vaccination program. Ms. Roy, welcome to the McCullough Report. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mikola, for having me over here on the show. And it's a great pleasure uh, to be with you on the same platform, talking to you and uh, bringing India on this platform. Well, uh, why don't you lay out the concerns? Uh, we had, uh, it's been a long time since we had uh, a guest on from India. We, we've had Mr. Prashant Bushan on, who is in the Supreme Court of India, uh, struggling with the issues of the vaccines in India. But uh, let's just uh, get your viewpoint now as someone who's in the grassroots uh, there. Um, and uh, right now, what is the status of the COVID-19, the respiratory illness? How bad is it in India and how is it influencing life? Uh, well, uh, if you really ask me, uh, the we actually, if you see illness, hospitalization, uh, it's very less. Deaths, uh, if, you act, uh, if you see the real numbers of death, uh, they are less. And uh, the biggest problem with this COVID, COVID I think uh, you would know from the very beginning has been that there has been no post-mortem. So uh, the narrative of uh, who is dying with COVID and who is dying due to some other issue has uh, been blurred. We really don't know. So when uh, somebody uh, who has got the needle and uh, you know, passes away. So what is blamed is the age of the person, the comorbidity that the person was suffering from and all the other things. But uh, when it comes to somebody who has probably not taken the needle or it has been a long time, uh, then uh, the narrative shifts to that person having died of COVID. So that is one uh, thing. And the other that uh, you said about uh, uh, our eminent lawyer, Mr. Prashant Bhushan fighting a case in the Supreme Court that was filed uh, a year back in May 21, and it is now May 2022. And we really don't have uh, any progress in that matter because, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the premise on which uh, uh, the people over here are working is that uh, the vaccines are safe, you know, when if you if you already go out with that premise that they are safe, then you just close any conversation on that part. So anything else that is spoken or somebody questioning it, somebody asking anything about it is all termed under vaccine hesitancy. And uh, I was just going through uh, a leaflet uh, which was telling what are the strategies to remove vaccine hesitancy over here, and none of them. Uh, had this thing that you put up a committee to look into the adverse reactions, to set up some kind of uh, inquiry into the adverse reactions which are happening. That is not a part of their removal of vaccine hesitancy. The removal of vaccine hesitancy happens over here through advertisements, through, con uh, through convincing people, through uh, aggressive door-to-door -door, uh, vaccination campaigns. Uh, these are the way they are removing vaccine hesitancy. A vaccine hesitancy is not being removed by answering questions. Do, do, do you th would you characterize what's going on in India as propaganda? 
Uh, see, propaganda, the government of India is very clear on its website and everywhere that it is supposed to be voluntary. Uh, so if it is supposed to be voluntary, why on individual level, on state level? Because you understand that India has got a federal structure. So we have a center and we have uh, state governments over here. So why are the state governments issuing out diktats which uh, tell that you won't get your ration, you won't get your, uh, you know, you can't access public places. You know, I'll, I'll just cite one example where uh, the litigants filed a case in a high court of a particular state. And uh, since uh, that state at that time had this thing that without your double dose, you cannot have access to public places. So the learned judges over there asked the litigants to first get vaccinated to attend the court proceedings, to enter the court premises. So, uh, so that is there. So when you are saying that it's supposed to be voluntary, then why all these kinds of diktats? Why? Uh, and uh, the, you know, what actually really hurts is that from the very beginning when COVID happened was this narrative of, you know, social distancing and also that, you know, there are disease spreaders. So this narrative has gone deep down into the minds of the people that there are people around who could spread the disease to you, who could give the disease to you. So when this kind of a narrative is working, so automatically, you know, when they when they bring in this vaccine propaganda that this is going to save you. So that, that propaganda works very well then. So people, they have put this narrative that unvaccinated are spreading the disease. And uh, as we know, we, we have a few studies even from US coming in and that got covered in all the Indian media, uh, you know, uh, newspapers as well as digital media saying that unvaccinated are a threat. So, you know, these are the kind of propagandas which are very dangerous to any society. So that, that, that is also there. And uh, also an adamancy, you know, uh, I, I thought that vaccine was supposed to be a means to an end, but somewhere uh, they lost the plot. It became an end. Uh, I have seen your videos as well as so many other learned doctors' videos and everybody has talked about a cure. The stress on cure has been totally missing over here. Now, people, now that people are getting COVID after getting vaccinated, then you are bringing in medicines. Now, even remdesivir has also been cleared for the kids also. So now you're, means, uh, leave alone uh, what are its side effects are a different thing. But the fact is that from the very beginning, a cure protocol has been missing. So... All this has helped them in their vaccine propaganda a lot. So people have thought that this is their elixir and this is only going to uh, save them. Now, Sumitra, um, uh, where do you live in India? I live in Mumbai. In Mumbai. And what are the major vaccine manufacturers uh, that are offered over there? Do people have a choice or does it depend on where you go for your vaccine? Well, uh, in January 2021, they initially rolled out the vaccine, uh, which was the adenovirus uh, viral vector vaccine manufactured by uh, co- uh, manufactured under the brand name Covishield over here, AstraZeneca's uh, vaccine. 
and um, that was uh, for initially they started for the health workers and then they moved to uh, uh, people with comorbidities and people above the age of uh, 55 or something and then uh, they uh, moved on to the other age group and by april they announced it for people above 80 and uh, it was at the same time uh, they also gave an emergency approval to co vaccine which is on the platform of uh, uh, inactivated virus so these were for the adult population and for people with comorbidities then uh, uh, by december uh they uh, there was a big you know q and cry was prepared you know created that you know we have to get children's vaccine we have to get children's vaccine so uh, where uh, and, and they also started sputnik 5 sputnik 5 was also started in the meantime uh, in sometime in mid 2021 and uh, uh, then uh, came uh, december 21 that they approved covaxin for the age group 15 to 18 and uh, so covaxin is again uh, as i said it was an inactivated virus uh, then they approved for 12 to 15 corbevax corbevax uh, manufactured by uh, biological e over here and uh, it has been made which is supposed to be a traditional vaccine made by dr peter hoets uh, of uh, uh, us and uh, so for the children's age group uh, though they have cleared few more vaccines like zydus uh, covid uh, the dna platform vaccine they have also now uh, cleared the covovax for 5 to 11 uh, but they have uh, approved it but right now the recommendation to give kids kids vaccine for 5 to 11 uh, is little bit on a hold but we never know when it will suddenly start for 5 to 11 Now none of so these vaccines for the kids vaccine there is not much choice uh, these are the ones because even though few have been approved but uh, right now it's only uh, like covaxin for 15 to 18 corbevax for 12 to 15 and again uh, 5 to 11 corbevax and covovax uh, if but, 5 to 11 starts but sumitra this is pretty interesting in the united states we just have the the genetic vaccine so far pfizer moderna johnson johnson you have uh you've got a genetic vaccine in AstraZeneca but then you've got the whole virus killed vaccine which is the uh, uh Corbevax you've got um the Covax you've got the uh antigen based vaccine from Baylor in Houston you've got Sputnik which is another adenoviral vector vaccine so you have this whole array of vaccines do any one of these vaccines in India do they last at least a year or is everybody on an every 6 month schedule uh initially they started with one then they start then they said there would be two for getting uh, fully vaccinated and uh, the time gap also between the two vaccines uh, for covishield that is the astrazeneca one was initially 28 days uh, then they changed it to 3 months and uh, covaxin has been 28 days to 45 days uh so uh, uh these are the you know they changed their uh, this gap and now then uh, in october november the booster uh, uh, cry started and then in december they uh, approved booster so booster is named over here as precautionary dose it is not so fully vaccinated and then you have a precautionary dose and uh, 
Now, then initially they started the precautionary dose for the senior citizens. And uh, then now they have approved the precautionary doses for everybody. And so, but they were giving it only in the private uh, clinics for uh, the younger generation, younger uh, age group. But uh, now they have uh, started giving even at the government centers also. So the government centers vaccines are free of cost. Obviously, in the private uh, centers, you have to pay for the vaccine. Um, so if someone takes, uh, let's say they take AstraZeneca shot one. And then they take AstraZeneca shot two. Uh, but then they come up for the booster and they say, well, you know, I don't want a booster. Do they still get credit for the two shots in terms of public services, what have you? Are they keeping track of who took the booster? Uh, yes, they are keeping a track of who is taking the booster because, see, uh, a public, uh, they created a, a unique health ID, though uh, no consent was ever taken. But uh, since that uh, it got linked with our UIDs, our unique IDs of Aadhaar system, they also created a, a health ID as well. So now uh, when we are taking the vaccine shots, so there is a vaccine certificate system. So it's exactly like it has been happening uh, in most parts of the world. So these vaccines have all got linked to the vaccine certificate. So there is a unique health ID that has been created. So obviously when you are taking the booster, so for the booster, you'll have to, there is an app called COVID. So you book for your, uh, you know, for your shots, the first shot, second shot or the booster. So you book for it. And if you're eligible, then you get a slot for the booster. And I think the gap that they have suggested is six months for uh, the booster shot. Now, are any one of the vaccines uh, the word on the street in India, are any one of the vaccines safer? Are people gravitating to the the killed vaccine or the antigen-based vaccines? There is probably a minuscule population who is uh, concerned about the safety because I have known people. Uh, one thing I'm just uh, you know interrupting and cutting off from your question and just going that in India the partially waxed uh, that is one dose and you get a COVID. There is absolutely no study on that. Nobody ever is documenting you. So you are completely off the grid. So you, you get a COVID after your first vaccination, you are just a COVID patient and counted as an unvaccinated patient. So somewhere uh, people uh, are getting their COVID after the first vaccination, after the second vaccination, but people are not questioning the vax. People who are having to take the vax because of their job are obviously then moving for the inactivated one. Uh, that that, uh, that push is there. They are looking for the inactivated one. And probably when they put, gave the kids vaccine, uh, that was one of the things that they said that they're giving the inactivated vaccine for the kids. So, uh, so th th that is there. But in general, who were clamoring for the vaccine are not questioning what they're getting. If they're getting something, they're just uh, going and getting it. And also, you know, uh, most of the vaccine manufacturers over here have been decorated for different awards. So the status that they have been provided with, after that, nobody, uh, most uh, people who count themselves as intellectuals, they don't question it. They, they, they take it as if the government is giving it to you, it's good. So unlike US, um, uh, the rural population has questioned it. People uh, in the 
blue collar jobs have questioned it and uh, they have taken it mainly because of the mandates because now, of the mandates they have taken it right now uh, sumita um india is a very diverse country uh, you know i think there's a large fraction of of hindus and then the second a biggest fraction is muslim and then there are others uh, is there any difference in the rates of acceptance or skepticism according to these different groups in india if you talk about religious skepticism uh, that has been absolutely suppressed it has not been put in the media at all it was only once that they said that you know uh, the vaccination levels amongst the muslims is less and so they should open some muslim celebrity to probably advertise the vax but nothing came of it nobody came ahead and advertised the vax so i would really not know but at least you know explicitly it has not been spoken about that they are against it nobody is telling that they are against it so they are keeping quiet these I, groups are lying low so sumata uh, how about among the various castes so you know you have the uh you have the brahmins and the warriors you have the different castes going down is there a difference among the castes yes so if if you talk about the caste what they have done is that they have roped in the you know caste uh, you, you know leaders the sarpanch the khap panchayats the these leaders the you know uh, the priests of the temples especially the renowned uh, priests of of renowned temples they have roped in all these people in the vax propaganda so even uh, where muslims are concerned or or say for instance we have a lot of christians also over here in india so they have been following uh, what the vatican is saying so vatican is saying you take the vax so or they have uh, all these religious leaders or caste leaders at you know grassroots level and all they have all uh, become a part of the propaganda so they they have been asking people not to question the vax and to uh, you know it's not good to have vaccine hesitancy is the word over here so they have not they and especially if you see uh, some very renowned uh, gurus also like uh, sadguru is so renowned and they 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 are all you know asking people to take the vax so all their followers naturally when you rope in such uh, renowned figures all their followers will then blindly go and take the vax now is uh there any growing recognition of vaccine uh diseases like blood clots uh, heart inflammation heart attacks cancer and then vaccine deaths are the doctors and hospitals starting to raise concern that the vaccines are causing disease there are some very good doctors who have raised this points but somehow the mass media in india is not at all giving them a platform to speak in fact one of uh, the doctors of aims who was a part of the covaxin trial on kids dr sanjay rai he was totally against vaccinating the kids in fact very interestingly i'll just uh, tell you that uh, covax uh, was approved by the national technical advisory uh, group uh, and even after approval the national technical advisory group said first do a sero survey of the kids in the 5 to 11 age group and only after you have done the sero survey 
should you start vaccinating them but you know surprisingly all these people who are speaking are getting suppressed so even though the nta ntagi has never ever advocated vaccinating the kids in fact they have done so many sero uh, surveys and it has shown that kids over here recovered without even showing any symptom because their antibody they all showed antibodies and uh, uh, more, uh, and over here if you see even till december 2021 the covid deaths among kids i think was probably negligible means even if it happened the child had some previous history or something but uh, january 2021 it has started and absolutely nobody is allowed to even speak though we have heard of so many heart attacks cardiac arrest of kids 15 year old child dying of cardiac arrest and it has been given as the natural death nobody is going to question it it is a natural death there is the, the system of aefi is also so so difficult over here you know a person dies 3 days 4 days 5 days after vaccination or dies within few hours of vaccination even before a post mortem is done even before any inquiry is being done the first thing that they come out is that this is not related to the vaccine there have been so many people who got such severe covid after vaccination one of the very very prominent deaths that i can tell you after double dose fully vaccinated was dr k k agarwal another was dr anil kumar rawat fully vaccinated people they got covid so severe that they died but absolutely no questions asked nobody is supposed to give rise to vaccine hesitancy over here that's the way it is Well, you know, I can tell you this is pretty dark and disturbing. Americans recognize many of the themes that you've mentioned in terms of uh, no one recognizing or calling out vaccine injuries, obvious fatal breakthrough cases where the vaccines don't work, um, and um, you know, it's it's obviously concerning because this is influencing all of our lives. The vaccine certainly can't make anybody healthier. uh and they're uh, you know basically declining each and every person's health in some way what final words do you have for the audience what hope is there in terms of grassroots efforts and coming to a new understanding a new birthing in a sense a new um a new path forward what final words do you have for us as you said it's too dark at the moment it's too too dark because every time we have been speaking and when when i really see that the national technical advisory group itself being disregarded the court cases each and every court case which has gone other than one or two cases which just get just getting dragged and dragged but all the pils which were filed against this they got disposed that don't give rise to vaccine hesitancy don't question the vaccine mandate so a lot of you know in lot of states people filed that children were not allowed to attend college if they were not vaccinated and these pils when they were filed against the vaccine mandate the court just threw them out so this is a very dark you know a very dark chapter that i am seeing and natural immunity which dr sanjay rai over here 
has said that, you know, natural immunity should not have ever been touched. If you see Corbevax also, that has been, uh, you know, approved. Uh, there is no, uh, the clinical uh, trial data of uh, the uh, placebo given to the unvaccinated kids is not available. So uh, it, what we have is just 312 kids. The data that we are having, the trial was on only 312 kids. And when asked about uh, the long-term, uh, you know, efficacy, they don't know. Long-term safety uh, or the uh, long-term safety data, they don't know. So it is a very dark chapter. It's a very, very dark chapter. And unless and until we really see that, you know, people talk about, because what we are seeing in India is that very few people talk about are speaking. Very few doctors are speaking up. I am seeing the doctors are saying that, you know, oh, I have taken double dose. I am boosted. I tested positive for COVID. COVID is not, uh, you know, it's a very dangerous illness. You must all get vaccinated. This is what some of the doctors are writing. It's so sad. Well, it's, because- Samita Roy, I'm going to have to leave it here, but I'll let that be the last word. You're right. I think the realization and the new world emerging here and understanding what's going on, you're right, is going to come from the people. It's going to come from, uh, in many ways, uh, as you mentioned, the bottom, if you will, or just the popular grassroots. It's not going to come from the top. It's not like some new leaders going to recognize there's a problem. That was a great window to what's going on in India. Do you know, in the United States, we have absolutely no view of what's going on in India and so many other countries. So uh, on behalf of our American audience and our worldwide audience, I want to thank you for joining us on the McCullough Report. Thank you. Thank you, doctor, for having me here. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report.